All right, how are we doing tonight, Reckless? We good? All right. Hey, we're going to dive right in tonight. And uh, we're glad that you're here. We're in a series we started last week called Belief. And, uh, and the purpose of this is just to talk to all of us have struggles, all of us have doubts, all of us have questions about the things that we believe in our faith. And so we want to, as we talk about these different things, be able for all of us to walk with confidence in what we believe, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. So hopefully you guys have already been able to do that uh, in, in some of the breakouts and uh, then getting into small groups, having a few minutes to, to talk through some things. And by no means are we going to answer any of these questions in a 20-minute breakout, but, um, but at least kind of get that ball rolling, get, get us pointed in the right direction so that uh, we can begin to get some answers to some of these things that we all question and, and have uh, doubts about. Now tonight we're going to talk about, for just a few minutes, what might be the biggest thing that we struggle with. It might be the thing that we wrestle with the most, the question, the doubt that we experience the most amongst especially non-believers, but even for us as believers as well. And so this is a major stumbling block, a major hurdle, something that a lot of us feel like we can't get over. And in, in fact, skepticism about this particular topic is growing rapidly in this country. And it's causing a lot of people to go, man, can I really trust this book? Can I really believe in what the Bible says? So some amazing things about about this book, about the Bible. It is the most read book in human history. It has sold over 5 billion copies. So regardless of what you believe about it, whether you believe in what it says or whether you think it's garbage, most Americans agree that it is and has had more influence on humanity than any other book. Not only is it the most read, not only is it the most influential, but it is also the most controversial. It is something that you've got a wide range of ideas and opinions about it. From on one end of the spectrum, you've got people who believe that it is literally the inspired, the God-breathed words that God has given to us. And then on the other end, you've got people who are very skeptical or there's outright hatred or they want to eliminate it from the American culture altogether. And so it is a, a very polarizing book and a lot of controversy. And according to Barna, which is a research group that studies trends in culture and church and religion in this country, and uh, here's what they say about this rise of skepticism about this book, the Bible. So 24% of millennials, which like we said last week, that's your generation, say they read the Bible once a week which actually seems pretty good, seems pretty high. About one in four of your generation say, at least, that they read the Bible once a week. But that's, the, that's lower than any other generation. The statement that they gave to people in this survey, they said the Bible is totally accurate in all of the principles that it teaches. The number of people who strongly disagree with that statement has nearly doubled just over the last six years. Millennials, again, your generation, are half as likely to believe the Bible is the actual word of God and twice as likely to believe that it is simply just a man-made book of teachings and advice. And maybe you've heard that from people that you've had tried to have conversations with. Maybe you yourself, that's, that's been the issue. You look at that and you go, man, it's just a bunch of man-made you know, stories and ideas and principles and things. And it's a good book and it's cool. But let's not get extreme. Let's not get crazy. It's not the word of God. 
So can we really trust the Bible with our lives? Is this really something that we can believe in? And as we read this, believe, have that idea and that understanding and belief that it is actually the inspired word of God. And how can we do that in a culture that's becoming more skeptical about it? So here's what I want to do just for a few quick minutes is give you three things. All right, three reasons why we can have confidence in our belief about this book. All right, so here's the first one, the manuscripts. All right, this isn't history class, all right, but this is some fascinating stuff. So the manuscripts, all right. So the Bible records events that happened thousands of years ago. So people look and they go, how do we know that this is consistent? How do we know that this book that we have now didn't change over the last couple, couple thousand years, that it actually is consistent with the original writings and, and who wrote that? Because I don't, rem- you know, we can't necessarily trust what we see on the internet today. So how can we believe and trust something that was written thousands of years ago? So we don't have the original documents, the original writings of any of the books of the Bible. All right. We don't have any of the the originals. So what we have to do is we have to go back to the copies. Now, before you automatically become skeptical, that is true of every ancient uh, history, science, philosophy, poetry, all of that stuff. We don't have any of those ancient original manuscripts. We don't have those original documents. So in all of those things, we have to go back to the copies or the copies of the copies. So for the Bible, it's been copied and recopied over the years by these guys called scribes. All right. And it was a big deal. It wasn't like, hey, you can't do anything else. So why don't you be a scribe? These were guys. This was an honor. This was a special, a noble um, job that, that these people had. And so what they had to go on and the only thing that they really could trust in, if they were going to be a good scribe, was their reliability. How close to that thing that they're trying to write could it be? How close to that copy could their copy be? And so this was something that for scribes, they took months to make even just one copy with the utmost care and respect and reverence. So there's two things that we trust in now that would make these copies more reliable. It would be how old are they and how many of them do we have? All right, how old are they? Because the older they are, the closer they are to the original, which, mean, which means they probably haven't been changed over the years and they're more reliable, but more trustworthy. And the more we have of them, the more we can compare with all of these others to see, all right, have they changed a bunch of stuff? You know, are they just kind of going in their own direction and it's just, it's not what it originally was? Or do all of these copies that we have all line up and are consistent? So here's a couple things when it comes to the age, all right, Old Testament, which is the first part of the, of the Bible, right, those first few books. So the Old Testament manuscripts, the, the manuscripts, the copies that we have are dated back as far as 125 BC. All right, so well over 2,000 years is the earliest manuscripts that, that we have. And so you're like, well, how, how close to this are they? Like this Old Testament that we have in our hand in the modern day Bible, how close are those ancient manuscripts that are dated all the way as far back as 125 BC? The copies that we have are a 95% match of our Old Testament. So if you go back thousands of years to those, those manuscripts that we have, they match 95% to this. 
which is a, that's pretty impressive. But it's still, that, you're thinking, all right, that 5%, that could be a big deal. Like, what do they change? What's different? What's inconsistent? Those, that other 5%, and we can look at each and every example, is mainly spelling variations. This scribe spelled this a certain way, and this one added this letter or took this letter away. It, that 5% is limited down to just those type of things, those changes. So that's pretty impressive. Now, the New Testament... The New Testament has almost 25,000 manuscripts, 25,000 copies and recopies over the years, and some of which are dated within 50 years of the original writing. So like the gospel accounts and the letters that Paul wrote to the churches, we don't have those original documents, but some of the manuscripts that we have are dated within 50 years of some of the original writings. Which means that that's close enough that if there, those, original, those original writings and then within 50 years, those first copies that were made, if there were changes, if there were errors, then there would be people alive that would say, you know what, that's not, that doesn't line up with what actually happened. That's not true. That's not consistent with those accounts. And they would be able to refute what actually happened. So to compare those 25,000 manuscripts dated within 50 years of, of the original, the next closest book or manuscript that we have of any writing in history is the book Iliad by Homer. All right, maybe you've read that or have to read that. And maybe it's awesome. I don't know. I've never read it. But that is the next closest of any writing that we have in history. And here's how many manuscripts we have of that. 643. So 25,000 of the New Testament, and we've got 643 is the next document. And those 643, the earliest, is at least 400 years past when the original was written. So there is no other book that comes close to the reliability of the Bible and the manuscripts and the copies that we have of that. Now, some of you guys may be thinking, all right, that's cool. That's that's." pretty good evidence, but do you have any outside evidence? Are there any sources that aren't the Bible itself that can back up some of the claims? Are there secular historians? Are there other, is there other information? Is there other things that we can trust that's not the Bible itself that would give us reason to believe that this is accurate? So there's two things. There's archaeology and there's uh, historians, all right? How many of you guys are into history? Like you love this stuff. You're fascinated. Some of you guys are like, all right, but stick with me here. All right, because this is, this is pretty important. So archaeology. So throughout the last 200 years, archaeologists have discovered a lot of things. But within the last 200 years, they've discovered evidence of King David, of guys like Pilate. Before that was questioned, man, this guy, we don't really have much about him. And then they discovered within the last 200 years evidence that that Pilate who condemned and sent Jesus to die on the cross actually existed and then cities in the Old Testament there's the writer Luke who wrote the gospel of Luke and wrote the book of Acts he uh, is thought by many secular archaeologists to be one of the most accurate historians of all time so there's one archaeologist that studied Luke's writings and he lists he referenced 32 countries 54 cities, nine islands, and this archaeologist didn't find a single mistake in any of those. All of those things backed up what Luke had written about. 
In fact, just so you know, to cut to the chase, there is no archaeological evidence that has ever been found to date that completely contradicts the Bible. Now, in terms of historians, the Bible is the most widely referenced book in history. So there's 27 New Testament books. They've all been referenced by non-biblical authors, and they are a word-for-word match to the Bible. So there's Christian and even secular historians dated back as far as the first and second uh, century that confirm things that we read about in Bible, that have confirmed these events, confirmed that Jesus was in fact a real person that was a Jewish teacher, that people actually believed that he performed miracles, that there were some that followed him that believed that he was the Messiah. There's even evidence and historical data from secular historians too that say that there was a man named Jesus that actually was crucified during a reign from a Roman emperor. And there is evidence that Christianity exploded despite intense persecution. So there's a lot of archeological and historical evidence that backs up what we know and read about in the Bible. Now here's the third thing that we can trust in. And this is a little bit of a different thing, but it's changed lives. The reason we can have so much confidence in this book is because of changed lives. So think about this for just a second. The Bible contains 66 books that were written by over 40 different people over a 1,500-year span across three continents and in three different languages. And yet, despite all those different authors and the widespread time frame, There is unbelievable consistency in the theme and the purpose that we read from cover to cover. From the writer that wrote Genesis all the way to the writer John who wrote Revelation, there is a consistent theme from beginning to end of God's love for people and his desire to save them from their sin. And throughout the centuries, what's so amazing is that there has been great care that's been taken to write and to preserve what all of the writers, these over 40 different people believed that God was speaking through them to communicate his heart to his creation and to bring us into a relationship with him. Here's what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. So throughout the centuries, we've seen countless lives that have been changed because of their belief in the God who was revealed in the pages of this book. And it led them to surrender their lives. It led them to surrender their will. It led them to turn from their sins and to experience the freedom and the life change that Jesus offers. To the point that millions of them were persecuted and even killed for the faith that they so tightly held on to. That even for the, the, the disciples G, the, that walk with Jesus, the people that knew Jesus, that were even willing to die for something that they knew was the truth. Because they believed so strongly in who God is and what he had done for them and his desire to change their lives. 
So we can have confidence in the Bible because of manuscripts, because of archaeology, because of historians, and because of the lives who have been changed over the centuries by this book. So here's the cool thing as we kind of wrap this this time up. Despite all of the opposition, despite all of the skepticism that has existed over thousands of years, and even in the midst of the rise of skepticism over the last few years and in this culture, the Bible has time and again stood strong. And there are people, one after the other, who have started out trying to refute this, who as they've studied, as they've, they've dug into this, have actually discovered that this is a whole lot more trustworthy than they originally thought. And it's always going to be criticized and it will always be doubted, but you and I can have the confidence in what this book says and in the God who has breathed life into its pages and who is changing our hearts and our lives. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your truth. And God, I know this is super quick and I know we covered a lot of of ground just so that we can have a few minutes to talk through this. God, I pray for the skeptics, for the questions, for the doubters. God, for the people that maybe have doubted their own faith because somebody has said, you're an idiot if you believe the things that are in that book. God, I pray that you would help us to begin to dig in, to study for ourselves, to try to, to, to uncover the answers to some of these questions that we have. And God, you would use it to point us back to you and you would use it to, to reveal the power of who you are and that this is in fact a, a book that is trustworthy, that is the very words that you have written to us so that we can experience life and hope and transformation in you. So God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.